Hello Magic Seekers and welcome to Turns Out She's a Witch. We're your hosts Tracy and Shannon and, and welcome, welcome to, to our, our podcast coven. Tracy and Shannon's interview with Fiona Horn. As promised, we will pick up exactly where we left off with a little reminder of the latest question. Now, I'd love you to guide our listeners through the four magical principles. Four magical principles to know, to dare, to will, to be silent. Um, I'm glad that's what we're talking about because as I described them in the Teen Witch book, um, it's, and it, but it's for anyone to remember um, to know is to be on that 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 sort of conscious, mindful path of learning. You know, I like I said earlier in our chat today that when I identified as, as a witch all those decades ago, it it just began the path of learning. I mean, that doesn't stop. You never know it all. The more you know, that you realise the less you know, and that's really cool and it makes life and your practice very interesting, mm-hmm. um, always interesting. So um, that is what that means, to be kind of, mindful we're seekers you know where we are um witchcraft is for the seeker it's the path for the seeker so we seek to learn to know um to dare is to um when I was talking about it in this book it's like um I was thinking also of the life I've lived like um taking chances like even if it's just jumping out of an airplane it's you know weighing up the risks (laughs) deciding if they're you know outweigh the reward or the rewards worth the risk and um but always kind of being willing to take a chance willing to do something differently willing to like to dare to dare to and I would even say to question as well comes into dare to ask questions to you know try to make your own conscious authentic choices um to will originally to will was you know kind of that power over sort of thing as is my will so mote it be you know love under love love under you know will will is the law whatever all the old old Alistair Crowley stuff was um it's but will now for me has become part of the word willing willing to be of service willing to show up willing willing to know to dare to willing to to grow to evolve to be useful um to really know real the real sense of what what 
you know, as a younger person, you might have thought what being powerful was, um, to really understand that the most powerful moment in your life is not defined by what you have, but by what you've given away or by what you don't have, um, which you sort of learn as you grow and evolve. So um, to will, <laughs> I like to offer that that's more about being willing. Um, we work magic, yes, by focusing our will and it's a bit like, you know, kind of when we raise power and focus our will into something happening in ritual. But there is a point where you understand that will is not an ego ego statement. It's about being willing. Um, and then to be silent, it kind of taps into the idea I was saying earlier about this being an occult path that, you know, you can get a book and there's lots of information or you can get online and there's tons of information. Don't even go there if we're going to go into the TikTok, witch talk land and how much, you know, is in there. Um but there is, there is always something hidden. To be silent is um, when you don't have to talk about your witchcraft is when you're really practising witchcraft, I think, I've learned. And um, I think the the deepest uh, lessons are um, always on the inside. So, and sometimes silent is, uh, is you know, where that, where that in, where you meet that that magic on the inside. And also um, I also talk about to be silent and I've used this analogy a few times, but when you're doing the spell or magic, especially for the younger teen, teen witch or baby witch who's trying all the stuff out because you've got to, you know, go on this journey of doing the spells and learning about it this way and everything and um, to, to, to you know, kind of, you know, enjoy the the journey and the lessons. It's all part of the growth and evolution of the modern witch. Um but also, you know, when you do magic, it's like blowing up a balloon. You don't blow it up and run around and show everyone how much air's in your balloon. Like, hey, look how much <laughs> air's in my balloon. You're holding the neck open. All the air just goes out, you know. Silent means to zip it, let the magic do its work. Do your work and then let the universe take over and don't talk about it. it and then takes uh, the potency out, doesn't it? It does, it does, and yeah. it dilutes the essence of it in anything mm-hmm. often, you know. Sometimes conversation and talk is good, but there is always, you know, the four magical principles to be silent is to know when it's time to be silent. And also, you know, um, I would also say silent is um, sometimes, and I've learned this in recent times, sometimes it's important to be the light, not the hammer. And the Spirit said that to me, you know, a few times in recent months, um, is be the light, don't be the hammer, which means don't be loud, just be the light. Like don't uh does that make sense? Like don't it's it does. I have yeah. this tattoo on my forearm which is graceful courage. Mm. Um and it was a huge spiritual lesson for me um a few years ago where um I recovered from so I'm three years, two months and um, almost three months um sober from um opiates. Mm. And um, after I um, like I just went cold turkey, and mm. after I did that, after like eighteen years, um, mm. I had to face a lot of my shit. You know, like yeah. I had to face it. And when I first started to bring in my spiritual practice into the realm of healing with everything else that I was trying to do to heal that wasn't working, when I finally relinquished and surrendered to spirit and and gave it over to them, Mm. um, I felt so 
courageous and so proud and I wanted to shout it from the rooftops that I've got the secret I've got the I've got the juice I've got the missing piece I've got the secret source trust me just listen this will this will save you this will heal you Mm. and very quickly I got an uppercut from spirit it's like you're not meeting people where they're at, you know, you're best Mm. qualified to serve the person that you once were and you have to speak to the person that you once were. And I saw a woman on stage a few years ago and it was like she floated across the stage when I saw her and Mm. this woman just epitomised grace to me and I just Mm. thought that's what I need in this Mm. moment right here right now thank you because you've just given me what I need to bring into my new journey and this part of that journey and I'm going to try really hard to accept grace and invite grace in and embrace grace into Mm. my life and so I went on a whole year's journey of trying to do that and then when I finally got to the year which is about now because I think I got this tattoo two years ago end of November Mm. Um, and so I brought it the two words together and it doesn't make sense to anyone else but it makes pure sense to me and I think that's what you're saying I love I thank you for um that silence in in your power Mm, say that again silence in your power silence in your power yes yeah but I, we just had a little um a little glitch in the feed then yeah no it's um amazing to hear you share that in that way and um it's uh and yes you know and I actually put that in the art of witch book too the most powerful witch in the room is the one in the corner is <laughs> silent <laughs> but you learn that eventually too um but yeah I think and uh also as you say like meet people where they are and don't sort of it's it's that thing of if you're a light then those that that need the light will come you know Mm. and that's the best that's where I've been told to place myself right now don't need to run around with a torch shining in people's faces (laughs) no and it's even you know it's even like um you still need to be practical and do things like that. But I'm not out there telling people to come to the event. I'm at the event and people come of their mm. free will. And I really trust that um, the when you function as a light, it's it's an energetic exchange as well. So um, I think some other people have to be the hammer. That's what I was told to. It's not for you to be the hammer. You're to be the light. Someone else is going to be the hammer. And Absolutely. it helped because at the time I was wondering how, what I should, at the time I was wondering what I, how I should function and it was really um, reassuring for spirit to say just be the light. Mm. And Someone also you're not, in that controversial sort of comment that you just said just then, um, you're not exposing your private practice to the world. It's like with me, with my mediumship and my own relationship with spirit, I share a lot in Turns Out She's Psychic. It's basically me being interviewed every week on what it's like to be me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what it's not like to be me. So I I, I don't have the questions for myself because I'm just me. I don't know. So Laura asks me the questions and when I'm sharing these things, I... No one knows what goes on behind cloning relationship with spirit and my my conversation, mm. my whispers, my my interaction, and mm. you're not doing that. And so there is silence in your sacred practice mm. of witchcraft. And 
writing books and everything is about for mm. others to so that they know how to be in their silence but you are silent mm. about your own that does make sense and you know it's making me think as well that um something I was told when I was very new on the path of the witch like consciously and deliberately and I was told by someone who was um many years along and um at the time was even helping me with some editing of my books and he said to me um you know you'll you'll be called back to be a teacher like it's that that's part of the path of the witch too every witch that stays the path will at some point be required to teach it that's part of the journey as well um so yeah you know it's uh it's interesting when you sort of contemplate all this and then you know and, and then that keeps kind of reinventing itself along the way too mm. Mm. it's beautiful well you do it you do it beautifully thank you I, mm-hmm. I I'm very much appreciating the way you can um you can share uh things that feel more articulately more articulately than me right now (laughs) I appreciate that as well (laughs) I'm sort of like it's it's just interesting time I'm just really like just mm, yeah but I'm also (laughs) just loving that I'm getting to have a conversation with you about this kind of stuff it's just like I'm such a happy little girl right now like my little baby (laughs) inside is just like Uh, well I'd love to um ask you also so especially in today's day and age with social media as we've touched on before and self-image and self-confidence for our teens I think is harder now than ever like when we were teenagers Mm. it was magazines that you had to literally pick up to see Mm. more photos and models and stuff like that when now it's just constantly in their faces these unrealistic beauty expectations Mm. um so do you have any tips or rituals that could empower our younger people Mm. well I definitely um I offer some in in the book as you know but it's um you know just sort of There's a statement that, you know, there's, it doesn't even have to be magical, but there's um, so many, well, when I was born, there was 3 billion people in the world and now there's, what, nearly what, 8 or 9 million, billion, I've lost count, billion, um, it's just exploded, the human population. And so, but even then, there's still just one you. In the yeah, midst of all of that, there's still just one you. And when you're on social media and you're just given that influx of um content to compare and contrast yourself to uh one of the things I've noticed and I'm pretty sure I put this in the book I think I did yeah I did um was I was at a a party in in Malibu and there was one of you know the most popular uh Instagram presence influencer young women she's an actress but also many other things and has seven million followers on Instagram and I was watching her do exactly the same thing that my niece, who I won't out her with her name, but who's 16, who has 400 or 800 followers on Instagram, they were doing exactly the same thing, taking a selfie 5,000 times to try and get that one (laughs) selfie with that right filter in that, you know, to put it up and say she was having a great time at the party. And um, it was exactly the same process. So even for all the kids out there looking and thinking that, that that perfect picture of that person with seven million followers is um 
just happening effortlessly. No, they're going to just as much trouble as you are <laughs> to get that one <laughs> bloody shot that they're going to put up. They just happen to be in a little bit of a different p- position of exposure. So yeah. um, if, if you talk about the surface level thing, and then I also think that, um, and I hope that I've got this across in the book, that electronic detoxes are really important for modern witches. Your magic is not only found in your phone, through TikTok, through your online coven sessions, whatever. It is out in the natural world. Leave the phone at home. Go and, and let, you know, the mother, let 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 the earth move through you and feel it, feel it, work on, work with the four elements outside and leave the phone somewhere else. And I think just by virtue of doing that modern practice, you don't, um, sure, you can take a photo of your beautiful crystals and your candles and your, your altar set up and then leave the phone and go and do something outside. Mm. And I hope that that message has come across and I hope that might even help balance a little bit that, the way that uh, everyone's got a phone attached to their arm, you know, now. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I think um, that's a huge part of witchcraft is connecting to Mother Earth and to the mm-hmm. to the elements. And I just mm-hmm. say, I think all of our technology does take us away from that a fair bit these days. And a huge bit, and yeah. it's kind of inten- intentionally bit too. I mean, it's it's intentional. Yeah. It's it's a, it's a way to kind of manage the, the the magnitude of humans on the planet and to minimize um you know the impact of of humans is to keep them isolated and on their phones buying yeah. things viewing yeah. things you're living and, and now this facebook is turning into meta the metaverse it's just next level so but nothing Crazy. beats being um being a real witch out in the real world i reckon definitely and on that note, we do also get asked quite a lot about covens and I haven't mm. actually been in a coven before I'm solitary. Have you been in a coven and experienced that? And if so, yeah, could you share some things with our listeners? I have. Um, I have the, the most obvious uh, kind of example I could give is when I created my own coven and I was living in Los Angeles and I wrote a book about it in the end and there were mm. two other members, Trish and Lapita, and we were, um, Trisha's African-American, Lapita was from Mexico. We had this very multi kind of, multi-essence, I'll just say, kind of energy in our coven. It was really, really cool. And um, But, you know, basically being in the coven meant there was um, ways we went about doing things. There were specific goals and, and roles that each person had and they were interchangeable sometimes. Um and it was an environment to learn magic and practice magic that was very supportive and cohesive and um, and that was its intention. And then what I've also done is I have been invited into other coven ceremonies. I have not been initiated. I was invited to be initiated into another coven um, that was a very traditional Alexandrian coven, um, and I was fascinated. I actually thought at this point, after decades of doing it my way, I did it my way. I was like, this would be amazing to go and do it old school Alexandrian style and especially with these witches because I love them and respect them and they really know their shit and I would learn so much. But the logistics of the tangible, being able to be a a, um, a contributing member of the coven was not possible because of where I was based, my job, a whole lot of things. So being in a coven means you've got to be practical too. You've got to show up. There's stuff that we all do together. And, um, yeah, and and contributing and for the greater good of the group, you know. Um, so 
one of the things I think, you know, there are online carbon phenomenons now and that's certainly fine and good and they can all meet on Zoom. You can have an AA meeting on Zoom now. You can do anything. It's like, you know, <laughs> um, it's uh, we have this lovely interview with the three of us, you know, it's um, and I, I, but I just think that there's something to be said for meeting in the real world, real people, real world, real smells, real touch, real connection, real energy. The physical form is a, like a vessel uh, uh, that can magnify the presence and the experience of spirit, and um, and I think it's that's a really important part of our magic that can never be entirely replaced by the virtual world. It can be replaced to a degree. So um, I think if you're going to be in a coven, it's really great to actually be in one that you can actually all meet together in the real world and practice your magic, do your ritual. And then it's just a great opportunity to have awesome parties at the different Sabbaths, you know, because you've actually do it with other witches and you all know what you're doing and putting together these amazing, you know, so, sometimes uh, what I loved in America when I had the opportunity to go into larger groups was just the beautiful reenactments of the stories of the Wheel of the mm. Year at different Sabbaths and just when you've got a gang of people that are all invested in the same way, it's just really beautiful and exciting and fun. And that's another great reason to be in a coven. Yeah, community, I guess. Mm. Yeah. Mm. And also coven members can drive you nuts like any kind of family. So yeah. there's that, <laughs> that challenge to be tested, confronted. Um, but being a safe space to explore it, learn it, grow or leave. Nice. And have that, you know, you know, what's that, sorry? Or hex. Or hex. That's troublesome. Or hexing, you know, it's, it's, that's a tricky one. I mean, that's a very tricky one. It sounds glamorous and fun. Um, no. But it's a pain usually in your own ass and not the person you're hoping to hex. Yeah. So, of course yeah. it is. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, that's a nice uh, lead into a, a question we have from one of our listeners, Issa from Finland. And she did write to us and I thought you would be the perfect person to answer this. So she did ask, when we do protection spells and rituals, what are we protecting ourselves from? What mm. are the things that a witch should be aware of when it comes to things we don't want to call in and what are they? Are they curses, hexes or spirits? Wow, that's that really interesting. Yes, yeah, a very deep Rooted. question and, and very interesting. Um, and the first thing that I would offer is something I wrote in one of my first books, and I've pretty much put it in every book since, is the world answers according to the questions you ask of it. So if the witch identifies something to protect themselves, then they have engaged in a, protect themselves from, then they have engaged in a what I would call a kind of spiritual contract or a magical contract with that thing they are seeking to protect themselves from. So, um, really simple example would be you're going into an environment that has a lot of mosquitoes, you're going to use mosquito repellent because you don't want to get bitten. But you acknowledge there's a mosquito, you're entering into a contract with it in a way of saying, I'm going to put something on my skin that will make you not want to come near me. So there's there's a, a, there's a an exchange, you know. So that what I mean by that is um, what I get from your, uh, was it Issa? Is that the person who yes. wrote the letter, Issa? Uh-huh. Um, and it's a great question. Thank you, Isa. The um, Isa needs to know that she has to have identified that there's a mosquito in order to need to be protected from it. Mm -hmm. um, and you know, they have to be able to do because she's asking when you do a protection spell, what are you protecting yourself against? Well, mm. you've determined what it is. Yeah. Um, now, so if you were to say, well, there's a lot of 
I'm worried that there's all these people out there or potential crazy witches who are putting curses and hexes out there and I need to protect myself from that. Then you've sort of engaged in it a bit. You haven't created, you'd still have to be really able to identify what it was that you're protecting yourself. So I hope this doesn't sound confusing, but I don't, I've never experienced in all my practice um, a situation where I have felt targeted by something I wasn't already aware of. And there's always a lesson. Um, I think what Issa could do if she is wanting to um, do a protection spell that's more general to maybe allow the obstacles that are presented to guide her, not to stop her. Um, so that would be a protection against being misled um, and rather helped. You know, you can always turn your protection spells into a statement of positive intention rather than a statement of fear, and that's really that. important. Yeah, mm. that's really important to um, to do that, to if you're doing any of that kind of work, to make it a statement of positive intention and not an expression of fear because what we mm. think tends to happen. Yeah, true. And, yeah. The, and, you know, and even then saying yeah. that, I mean, did I expect a dog was going to burst into our property, attack our dingo and take my hand, half my, you know, half my finger off? No. But at the same time, when I read back in my journal what was going on inside my head and heart, which I do keep secret, I needed mm. a wake-up call and that was it. Wow. Mm. So, Divine intervention. Mm, exactly. So there's, there's all of that too. So, um. But I hope that might answer Issa's question. Um, I think that the the wonderful thing about being a witch is that uh, you're educating yourself, you're willing to learn, um, you're willing to see challenges as opportunities to grow and learn. Um, and there was something I learned in the program, I mean, as I was getting sober, which is, you know, the universe never gives you more than you can carry. Mm. Um, this load this load of losing, you know, my finger this way has been a heavy load, but I can carry it, you know. Mm. Well, she can. Yeah, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we do not doubt it one bit. <laughs> You're a force, so much Absolutely. of a force that, like, we, you, you can, you can hold your breath in one breath and actually go down how far? Well, um, it's, over 100 feet in good old US terms, but, um, yeah, 33 metres is wow. my my um, depth currently. But I, I love free diving and um, I've found it's something I've been drawn to more recently in life um, and I just love it's like being held. It, 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 I think you kind of have almost this regression where you remember what it's like to be in the womb, surrounded by water, your lungs full of fluid. I mean, not that you've got lungs full of fluid and when you're free diving, but you're on a single breath. Your uh, you shift the way your body, um, like you don't. It's, there's it, there's kind of like the mammalian kind of say mammalian dive reflex, which is almost like a uh, it's something that children have where they just know intrinsic to hold their breath and their blood pressure lowers, heart rate lowers, and um, you just it really is like going to the womb. When I look down, especially on a really good visibility day. And I can look down to that depth and just see those shafts of water, sunlight kind of moving. Mm. And it's just, and I feel like I'm, the mother speaks to me and says, come, let me hold you. And I just take my breath and I go. And it's, and you just, it's like, 
It's beautiful. But it's not something you should try at home, nor could you. <laughs> and where I'm, Don't worry where about I'm that. Right now, where I'm living right now, I can't get much deeper than about 20 feet out there and there's so many great whites and other yeah. really big sharks <laughs> out there that it's not a really relaxing environment. Though I did do some amazing freediving up in Bunbury on a wreck with a good girlfriend of mine who's a freediver and, you know, you don't really think about sharks and stuff when you're doing that. But right where I am here, it's not deep enough and I'm not going to go hunt for depth when, um, you know, it's, it's not the right season to be be swimming around a lot out there on, you know, mm. free diving. But um, when I was living in the Caribbean, I was regularly diving off um, the island that I lived on and going down to, you know, 70, 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 feet. And, um, yeah. yeah, I love free diving. And you can... That's so cool. Think, so did you just like... What's that? Sorry. Yeah, she's frozen. <laughs> oh, frozen. I think I think probably Trace is asking if I did a course, um, and uh, I did I did a course to learn to freedive. That's important. Um, I did mm. a great course PFI, and then I uh, got my freediving certificate that I was a you know beginner and then intermediate freediver. And um, my depths are very humble compared to um, you know other people who are diving you know a hundred meters, you know. Wow. Uh, not 100 feet, you know, so um, it's, uh, but I love it and I, I don't I do not do it to compete, I just do it for me and it's a beautiful way to merge and, and, and just also experience the sea creatures when you don't have scuba on, because I love scuba diving, when you scu- don't have scuba on, you don't have all the bubbles, the fish, the turtles, they all come so close to you. It's like you just have this whole different interaction with them mm. and they're also, um friendly and present there you know it's amazing creating relationships with underwater creatures well you have such an intimate relationship with the element of water but you also have an intimate relationship with the element of fire as a freaking fire dancer like what don't you do like what do you not do seriously Uh, I haven't climbed Mount Everest and that was, you mentioned your daughter's called Alaska. I had an opportunity, I I spent some time in Alaska and um, there's some really amazing um, peaks to climb there too, not as tall as Mount Everest, but I've never kind of got into that high altitude climbing. Maybe that might be something I would do one day. Maybe. (laughs) Sounds like you have to Or I could do um, cave exploration. I don't know. Oh but I just, I do. What I love about fire dancing is, and and you know, and I'm going to have to take. I had to cancel two fire dancing performances. One at Sisterhood Rising this weekend, and then last weekend at the big kind of Halloween thing we were doing. But because of my hand, I can't have that much heat around my hand while it's still healing. Um, but uh, yeah, it's um, fire dancing. I was very blessed and lucky to learn that on the island in in the Caribbean and beautiful. Fire sister and Kiki's. I joined her troop, Kiki and the Flaming Gypsies, and we used to do shows every week. And I kind of brought that, I guess, deaf effects Fiona energy to my fire shows, and oh, I was right. quite popular. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we all go off. It was Not so surprised. <laughs> but I love doing the one woman shows now that I do because um, obviously the troops over in the Caribbean and I'm here. But it's um, yeah, I, I think fire and if individuals have an opportunity to do a course of fire dancing to actually learn that intimate or even fire walking to learn that intimacy with fire oh you have beautiful what Mm -hmm. did you think how did you experience it I've done it to um, I think I've done it twice Mm. um I think the third time I couldn't for some reason but um yeah I um 
I'm a, I'm a, I've got a very high risk tolerance. Like I jump out of planes too. And like, I, I love anything that, um, I just feel safe. I feel held. I feel like I've got, like, they've got me. I'm fine. I never feel afraid. Mm. Um, I feel like what I felt the most was the collective's fear. And I had to, I had to Mm. learn to, to move that out the way and just focus on my own self. Um, And I'm, I'm assuming that's what you would have to learn to do as well in, in a lot of the things that you do. Well, a hundred percent. And it's interesting what you say, the collective fear, it's true. If you sort of let yourself be distracted, um, then yeah, you, a lot of times you'll, that, uh, that no voice will speak much louder. Mm. Um, I think that's part of being a witch too, really, is is uh, understanding how to, to put a boundary up and not have the collective influence the choices you make or what you think you can do or, or you know, or what you do do. Mm. Um, it's funny, like walking on fire to me is more scary than dancing with fire. Really? <laughs> yep. And, and honestly, the worst burns I've ever had in my life were not what you'd think, um, but they were when I was fire dancing in bare feet in New Orleans as part of the Hexfest closing ceremony and I didn't think, I was so used to dancing in the islands on sand or, you know, kind of I always dance barefoot, but um, the... Uh, it didn't occur to me how hot the pavement would be at five oh, o'clock gosh. in the evening in New Orleans. And I got the worst blisters on my feet from the pavement. <laughs> oh, worse no. than any fire burns I've ever had. <laughs> you gotta laugh. But um <laughs> but yeah, the, the other thing too, when you dance with fire, um, you learn the, the fire moves quickly around you and you know, you just you'd kind of just become one with it and um but it is something that you have to have to learn to do and you don't just um you know, I would recommend that anyone exploring it would uh, do a course, like go and learn from an, an elder, which is good for anything, really. You know, you want to mm. learn from your elders, learn, uh, let them guide you and then forge your path. I'd imagine so you'd what? have to have some level of coordination, which I do not have. Oh, so you, can teach, you can, well, you can teach the coordination. That's the thing. The girl that actually <laughs> taught me to fire dance was an occupational therapist and she was exploring oh. hand coordination and how it helped with certain injuries and things. Wow, and that's why she got into fire dancing and using poi. And it can actually um, work on the left, right brain and, and do all sorts of things and help with coordination. So you probably should do it. Nah, I'm good. <laughs> Learn <laughs> dance with poi. <laughs> I'll just keep walking. I'll just keep walking on the fire. <laughs> oh. Cool. So, you do that, and I'll fight it. Okay. So, what would you say? Um, which of the four elements would you feel most aligned with? Then, because obviously you're, you're mm. riding with water and fire, and, and land. flying it, and I fly airplanes through the air, yeah, and yeah. through the air, and yeah. There's, yeah. Um, I love flying. I love flying planes. I mean, I love that feeling, especially when I'm alone in the plane, and if I've dropped my passengers off and I'm repositioning back somewhere, I love being alone in the plane. Um. Oh, gosh, which one's my favourite? I can't. There isn't a favourite. I mean, Earth is one that, like, I I think I, I need to more consciously explore that one because the others I, I have so much already. Um, well, I think you must have started out at Earth, like when you talk about in the beginning with Edith Blyton's books and being out with nature. Maybe that's a, just a given. Yeah, like maybe it's that's kind just... of. Well, it's kind of all there, feet on the earth every day as you walk, really, and um, and then that, you know, consciously laying down on the earth and feeling when you need to ground and things like that. But I still mean more in an exploratory way, like doing caving or something really <laughs> mining. Uh-oh. <laughs> mining for my own crystals or fossicking for my own crystals. That would be awesome. Stuff like that. Um, 
but as a favorite I would I can't have a favorite right now they're all equal what am I most <laughs> what am I most doing right now what do I miss doing right now is um definitely water because I can't go in the water for some time mm. because of my hand so I was learning because you just surf. like to surf yeah, yeah. I've been, well it's a process God. but I was learning to surf it's not and, easy, um, it? <laughs> loving oh, so hard but it's also really fun like now I can stand mm-hmm. up it's like oh my god but um it's uh yeah, I can't get this hand wet in the ocean for quite some time still. So um, that's kind of what I miss right now a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, enough. and freediving's out for a while too, so. Yeah. Is nice. that where the name Sea Witch came from? Sea Witch, um, David, uh, my partner, um, came up with that band name and I don't know why he came up with it, but it was probably because um, I, I, I'm trying to remember now, it's probably because, yes, I'm a witch and I and I'm also a freediver and everything else. I think he might have kind of put it together for that reason when he was convincing me to come out here and form a band with him. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and said, we'll have a band called Sea Witch. Right? And I was like, really? Okay. And I was sort of thinking about whether I leave the Caribbean and come to Australia. I was already grounded with flying and not sure what to do. And that was through all the COVID times last year. So it was all just coming out. It was... Uh, no one really knew what was going on and pretty much still doesn't. So, yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. so you know, and, um, yeah. And you've been kind enough to share two of your Sea Witch songs with us um, and we're going to play them for our listeners at the end oh, of this sweet. podcast. Thank you. And Yeah, oh, thank you. And they are Initiate and Trial of Love. So as you kind of touched on before, every song is a spell or a ritual. So what are the kind of meanings behind those two songs that we're going to play? Well, Initiate is, um, it's, especially because we were talking about the elements, it's, um, the song is kind of written about an an initiation ceremony. So the chorus, Ask to Be, Call Me Witch, is like the witch declaring herself. She's saying to the universe, I ask to be, call me witch, you know, and, and this is, so that's what the song's about. Um, and then it's all the initiation stuff and a bit to do with um, initiations into a coven, court of height, sacred pledge. It's court of height when you join a coven. Usually what happens is your height is measured by cord and that piece of cord is part of, you know, your coven tools. Um, so wow. a sacred pledge, pledging yourself to be which, you know, ple- making that pledge to the universe to your coven. So initiate is uh, all these songs. Um, all those lyrics are about being initiated into the craft and uh i mean even in the middle age um physical and mystical black and white above below light and dark my journey goes my heart is pure my well, my heart is true my intention pure in the dark i'm seeking you these are all kind of words that the witch would would make as she's making her declaration in her initiation ceremony so um kind of feel like it's a it's like a grimoire of sorts a grimoire yeah, album. call it that yeah yeah it is, it is it's like a definitely a grimoire book of shadows and actually the lyrics for the ep um if you go to our website seewitchtheband.com uh, there is a spell book there and they're all laid out in a beautiful kind of arcane looking spell book um so the lyrics for the songs, you can see them written there like that. Oh, cool. And, uh, yeah, they're all there. But um, the other one, Trial of Love, is about, like, 
it's the, the first verse is, you know, light the fuse, which is like the fuse of a candle that we light the fuse, pour the potion, weave a web across a silver ocean. It's like you're doing a love spell down by the beach, mm. you know. Um, and then there's other lyrics and things in it. But the chorus is important because it's trial of love. Do you want this spell with harm to none? It could be done. You always have to ask permission to cast a love spell. You can't cast a spell on someone else. That interferes with their free will, especially love spells. So there's um, there's like lyrics like that in it. Probably the song I haven't given you, maybe I should have sent it to you, is Amulet. One of the ones that is the most textbook kind of ingredients thing is Amulet um, because it's uh, literally the recipe for making an amulet for courage and protection and bravery. Um, the chorus is the incantation and um, the, the verse goes, Amulet, purple silk which is the pouch colour, palm of hand, which is an ingredient, sandalwood ingredient, white agate, the crystal, burning ash, you're burning some paper and using it, that you've got something written on using the ash and putting it in your an amulet, six of St John's wort, that's an oil with gold, piece of gold, sweet smoke for futures told, you wave it through the incense to um, be told what's to come and how you are, you are going to be um, tested for your to show your bravery amulet. These are the lyrics, you know. So anyway, I but that sounds that. like a, a punk song. Amulet, the sound palm of hair, So I sing it like that. <laughs> oh, so when you when this stuff comes to you, do you feel connected to the divine? Is it a Fiona thing? Like, so yes, I guess definitely song yeah. lyric, hundred percent. And that's whether I'm writing song lyrics for Sea Witch or our other projects, Biff and Fifi, which is an acoustic duo. We played at a wedding yesterday and wrote. I wrote a song for the wedding couple. The lyrics are very, very different, um, but I still felt connected to the divine as I wrote them. I felt like they were being channeled, you know, mm. this, this story for this couple that were getting married about them. Such an interesting experience, isn't it? Because, um, like, um, Laura, um, when I work, so my, my I don't, like, I, I sort of step out of Tracy, and so she calls it mm-hmm. Tracy Stacy. Like I become mm. Tracy Stacy. So, and that's kind of like when I'm, when, when Tracy is a human is sort of stepping aside and letting everything work. Mm. And so do you have like a, like before you mentioned that, you know, when you do your fire dancing, you become like Fiona from Def FX, you know, you kind of bring mm. that element into it. Do you have that kind of like stepping into other parts of you to, to create? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I think so. And, and interestingly how you describe it, we sort of, you know, because like, I, I read um, tarot and I have my own oracle deck that I've created to kind yeah. of facilitate, you know, divination readings of different type, kinds. And um, But it's definitely like I step out and put Fiona away when I'm doing that kind of work and let spirit come through and whatever else comes through. And um, that's, you know, definitely I think part of the creative process. Mm-hmm. And that's being a witch as well, I reckon, too being able to sort of um, transform, you know, wouldn't you say? Speaking of transforming, my battery warning just came up on my phone. I'm going to quickly (laughs) check that we're good. I don't want to leave, but I don't know how to check and see what my battery is. 
I don't know. We'll just see. We'll see if I've got enough magic to. <laughs> that that we're it said low getting warning. to the end. <laughs> <laughs> well, that might bring us to at the end of each episode. On turns out she's a witch. We have a divine tool of the week. So, mm. do you have a divine tool that you love using? Wait. Wait, oh. wait, usually I introduce Divine Tool of the Week and Shannon makes me sing it or say it in a weird <laughs> accent. So we'll can Fiona it. please sing it? No, I want I want you to do it. You want me to sing it, sing Divine Tool of the Week. Oh, my God. Yeah. You just um, have, you have to just go, it, you have to sing It's Divine Tool of the Week time. That's all you have to sing. <laughs> all right. <laughs> no pressure. Let me see if I have one drop of my kombucha left. Hang on. <laughs> The battery will die. Mm, yes, the battery will die. But no, we're going to power the magic. We're keeping it there. All right. Um, it's divine tool of the week time. Oh, my God. Can we just, like, use that for every episode? <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know where that What are you from. saying? <laughs> I don't know where that came from. Now I'm going to decide what awesome. my divine tool of the week is. I'm turning around and looking at my altar right now and going, hmm, which one do I like? What tool do I like most this week? God. Um, because, you know, the simple answer you think we should say, anathema, a double-bladed witch's dagger <laughs> or a wand or something. But um, I have a really uh, different kind of work um, kind of space now and, you know, I, I consider even things like feathers tools. I consider, um, you know, pieces of driftwood I pick up tools. I mean, seriously. So I would say this week is, I've got something right here. My favourite tool this week is these wonderful Nautilus-like shells that I collect at the mm. beach. Where's the thing? Here. Oh, they now, what do I... Yeah, so what do I use this for? I'm using it, um, what it reminds me of is the uh, the divine perfection of symmetry in all things um, because of the spiral. And my girlfriend's an architect and she said that's like, I can't describe it like she can, but it's actually like a mathematical equation. Fibonacci. But yes, yes, Fibonacci, exactly. So um, why, why I have this on my desk is to remind me of the divine symmetry of all things and that nothing is meaningless and everything has a purpose. So that is the tool of my week. My oh, I love it. I love it. Week. And I will share something <laughs> with you. I have two of those on my altar at the moment. I've got a white one and a black one that I found. Oh, so, beautiful. Of course. Yeah. It's gorgeous. It is, yeah. yeah. So that's you yeah, could have, awesome. Fiona, you could have picked up a piece of dust and said this is my divine tool <laughs> of the week and we would have said, oh, my God. <laughs> Hey, well, if I get, can I get a second divine tool of the week? Just one more yes, thing I want to show you. Of course you can. Because I realise this is something that's my divine tool of every day of the month because I, I love, you know, I really love working with the element of fire, even just having candles around but lighting them with intention, um, snuffing them or even blowing them out with intention. But I also particularly love my magic matchbox, Ooh. which my girlfriend, yeah, my girlfriend is an amazing artist and she that has... Yeah, isn't it beautiful? And she's her name's Vanessa Miller, and she creates these for her studio called Son Rose Studio, which is her kids' names S O N R O S E Studios. And she's on Instagram at Son Rose Studios, and um, you can get these painted matchboxes with the magic eye. And I just love them because she's such a beautiful soul, and they fit the 
the classic redhead smash. So, yeah. you know, the larger box. But she paints them and they're just so beautiful. And I would have idea. to say, I take this everywhere with me, even in my purse. And it just, it's my, um, you see her little symbols on the back there. Mm. And it's its just my. Um, magic. I, I take these everywhere because you can have, and I talk about this in teen, teen magic, you can have an unlit match in your bag and it represents the element of fire because it's the potential of fire. So the witch mm. understands that she is actually working with the element of fire, even though it is representative of the power of creating fire but it doesn't have to be the actual flame itself which for younger witches is great especially if you're trying to do magic at home and or even at school and you're not allowed to light a candle or incense or whatever you can work with the element of fire by carrying the matches and these are beautiful matches to carry is that beautiful I love those. yeah, yeah. So that's, that's just kind of my ongoing favorite divination or oh, not divination up divine to all of the week beautiful thank yeah. you <laughs> Oh great! Oh, well, guys, I love our chat. I feel I have no idea how long we've been talking for between the world. Probably like two hours or something. <laughs> something like that. But it's been such a pleasure. <laughs> Thank and you. And I'm sure our listeners are just going to lap up all of your musical offerings and your writing and your words. So if they want to find you, how can they find you? Like we're, we're well, definitely place. my website fionahorn.com. It's H-O-R-N-E, but I think everyone knows that, .com. Um, I manage that website myself, so I haven't updated it recently because of my hand, but um, there'll be other stuff on it soon. Um, but there's plenty of info there and there's links to my bands um, and even Deaf Effects. There's, there's, you know, a bit of info and connection there to the to the uh, Facebook page. And then um, seewitchtheband.com if you want to check out the spell book there and which the lyrics to the songs of our REP that's out and streaming on Spotify and all Deezer and all of them, you know, all the iTunes, blah, 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 all of it. Um, but, yeah, they're the best ways to get to me. My Instagram handle is at Captain Fifi, but if you go to FionaHorn.com, you can just click on the various social media symbols, the YouTube channel for see which is there, all our videos are there. Um, so I really encourage people if they like the songs or they're interested in understanding more I, I helped uh, produce and direct the videos and I'm fire dancing in them there's there's an actual sea witch in the videos there's footage I filmed free diving that wreck I was talking about in Bunbury there's some beautiful turtle and dolphin footage where I filmed it myself um, worked with a wonderful um, photographer and uh, film editor Alex Hawkins of Simple Simple, uh, Simple Ben films, that's right, Simple Ben films. So we worked together to create these four videos um, for the songs on the EP. So they're very witchy. I encourage everyone to check them out <laughs> on oh, our YouTube channel, like... See Witch the Band on YouTube. Beautiful. Well, they sound like a work of art, yeah. <laughs> they do. I think you'd really yeah. dig them, eh? Other witches will definitely dig them for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll put it all in the show notes for sure. Um, Thank and you. And plug you for a little while on Instagram. Um, and no doubt Shannon and I will be talking about this for the rest of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, we just have to have you... chat next year or something. Yeah, yeah, awesome. yeah, and maybe Definitely. you have to come over here and and come, you know, fire walking or something, or maybe we can. Come oh, I'd love there. to. I'm, I would love to get over there. My family's in New South Wales, and I've got family on the Central Coast. Um, but just with oh, all okay. the COVID crazy stuff where I am, it's yeah. really hard to get over mm. there right now. Um, with any, well, we're still in lockdown. You know, you're still in lockdown. Wow. Yeah. I thought you were all out of there by now. No. Oh, Not okay. Not until Not the fifteenth of December. Mm. Wow, interesting. Okay. Interesting. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, well, well we're, we're about to hit some pretty gnarly kind of things over here too. There's been some mandatory statements and stuff going on, so I guess we'll just see what happens. Yeah, mm. we can do yeah. crazy times. Well, there's the second low low power mode warning, but we've made it. <laughs> we we have, so. yay! <laughs> you have been everything that I ever hoped that you would be in like in a dream come true. So thank you so much, Fiona Horn. It's just been such a blessing. And on a new moon in Scorpio, I just, I'm pinching myself that this, this is something that we've actually just completed now. And um, yeah, I feel very blessed. So thank you so much, Fiona Horn. Thank you, Tracy. And I I feel blessed as well to have had the opportunity to speak with you both um, at this challenging time in my life and today particularly um I won't go into details but I had to deal with some really really heavy stuff to do with my hand and the people responsible for this injury and um and just uh it was really really heavy and I've been very sad today so this has definitely um definitely lifted my spirits thank you oh thank you Fiona it's been an absolute honor and a pleasure chatting with you Thanks, Jen. I hope this is. I mean, has it been two hours? Shall we? I think so. Yeah. Well, feel free to edit away. (laughs) (laughs) All right, girls. Well, I'm going to say good night. Thank you, Fiona. And uh, talk to you next time. Much love. Bye. 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 And that brings us to the end of our interview with Fiona Horn. And to play us out, here's the second track that Fiona shared with us from Sea Witch. It's called Trial of Love. See you next week.
Silver Ocean No 